With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. I was a bouncing and a laughing as we rolled down an old dirt road. Daddy looking in his rear view, hoping that we just hang on. What's up, guys? This is episode number 46 of the Always Race Day broadcast. I'm Connor Ferguson here with Damon Helgevald, and we're presented today by the Carlotto Group. Uh, you see people in the streets, Damon? They drive cars. They look pretty nice. A lot of times. People don't want to drive them right now. Yeah, right. Um, if you need a car, if you need uh, something to get you from point A to point B, look no farther than the Carl Auto Group. They'll get you taken care of uh, as cleanly and quickly as possible. I promise. You won't have one chunk of dirt coming off you when you leave the grounds at the Carl Auto Group. Knoxville Raceway, different story, but... Well, I think that's a given though, right? I still, I'm on like a personal, like five and a half year, like streak of never falling in the mud. Yeah. You better find some wood and knock on it fast. <laughs> I did that on a uh, Saturday and I jinxed someone. I was like this, let's get this race over with cleanly and no, no chance. Like 15 seconds later, there's a wreck. You yeah, see? exactly my point <laughs> all right let's uh, it's, a lot. It, it's very uh, it's very much a lot whose weekend are we doing first it doesn't matter to me okay well mine's sad i'm just I'm sad and angry and uh, in denial about well, it it's like a stage of here's the thing here's the thing like i've told multiple people multiple times you can't have a playoff heartbreak if your team's not in the playoffs. Oh, so you're a Golden Knights fan. No, you guys don't have any cups. You can't know. Don't talk like playoff veterans like our one cup Dallas Stars. I am not talking in particular to any individual sport <laughs> whatsoever. I am a fan of multiple teams who have been to the playoffs multiple times and had 
multiple heartbreaks. They probably have championships, though. They do. Okay, yeah. I was one when the Stars won theirs, so we're talking about the Dallas Stars. If you're a new listener, uh, we get off topic a lot. Um, it's great. I actually, st- I always start out the this podcast. Is topic. This is the opening segment. That's. I guess. I guess it's not off topic, but we talk stuff that isn't NASCAR sometimes or dirt racing or yeah. You get. I'm doing a horrible job promoting what we're doing here. Oh man. We talk uh, about cars who go fast. As well as other random anonymous things. I'm a big, uh, big Dallas Stars fan. I watch all 82 games of the year uh, or highlights if I don't see it live. And got down in Game Seven to Calgary in overtime. Just sucked. It was uh, probably as even matched of a series as you can get with. Uh, both goaltenders were insane. Jake Ottinger's the best goalie in the NHL next year, easily. I, th- I think there's two guys. I think there's two guys that have a chance at topping him, but the swagger and confidence he played with, it was, I, like in a non-sexual way, it was sexy. It was great. Way too early predictions for next year. Yeah. Oh. Uh, because you, you, you're yeah. calling them out saying yeah the, the stars haven't gone into a off season with no like issues of what they're going to do at goalie in like six years so i like that i think uh i think they're set up to go back and win it so um i don't think rick bonus is going to get fired but i think they need to hire an offensive strategist so somebody's got to get fired for that to happen uh, not necessarily. I think if you're the stars, you have money to spend. Just depend. I th- that, that GM is uh, he's a stupid nut sometimes, but he's uh, he's a squirrel that he'll get it. He'll get it. There's reasons those people get paid more for, than we do. I, I understand it, man. Um, the stupid part I was referring to was him calling two best players on the team uh, horse, horse crap uh, three years ago. So. I, uh, yeah, being a Stars fan is like uh, doing some cocaine and then riding a roller coaster. So yeah, always, it, it always goes up, it always goes down. So we, uh, anytime it goes down, it, it gets back up. So I, in the next week, maybe they sign a superstar. Probably not, but we can hope. Okay. There's always room for hope. All right. Well, you had a much better weekend than I did. Uh, you went to Kansas Speedway. That's why we're recording a day late, everybody. Uh, Damon was at the NASCAR race at Kansas. He saw his favorite driver uh, get chased down um, and, and just outdriven in the last 10 laps. What do you think about that, Damon? I wouldn't consider it outdriven. I would say that car was – Kurt Busch's car was a piss missile. Like that thing had Michael Jordan and the nineties bowls inside of the car because that thing was a rocket and it, I, I was sitting there with my grandma who watches basically every race and we got to talking. We don't even know of a car that's been that, fast in a real long time like one that can just 
physically drive by people like like Kurtz did. So I don't know about being out driven because I just want, I just wanted to get you off your toes. No, Kyle saved one off the wall that uh, I text you. I said there's only one driver in America that would have saved that car, and he was driving it. So thank God. Right. Uh, because otherwise the whole field would have been piled up into the side of his, of that number five. Yeah, that was a, here's a cool save. Let's, we'll talk the race in a sec. I want to hear how the, how the experience was. Was it different uh, at all? Or was it kind of the same, same Kansas? Um, it was wet. There's that it rained a lot. And so we were sitting out on the road waiting to get in because they shut down the lots for an hour and they were supposed to open at nine. They didn't open until like 10, 15 and start letting people in because of the lightning. Um, as far as the experience goes for those that have been to Kansas recently, they moved the, the midway and um, the merchandise stuff to the turn four side, which obviously doesn't really change a whole lot. Um, it was kind of nice though, because they didn't have everything on the same level. So like normally they had, they've had some midway stuff on the same level as the souvenirs and then things get really packed and crowded. But for the most part, it was uh, pretty easy flowing. Um, the, the truck race on sun on Saturday night was a lot of fun to, to see a lot of people for a truck race on a Saturday um, was, was nice to see a lot of people. And that's one thing that I, I noticed just looking at Twitter last night when I got home and then throughout the day today is a few people, I'm not going to throw them under the bus quite yet. I'm not ready to that point, but, um, a few people were stating how the crowd looked very thin, uh, yesterday, like the, uh, on I was going to ask you about that. Cause I mean, your picture didn't show like more than 15 rows around you, but there wasn't an empty seat next to you guys. Well, there wasn't, I mean, we were boxed in where we were and I, I stood up at one point and looked all the way down about midway through the race. It was towards the end of the second stage. And I mean, the place was, wasn't full, but for, for the recent Kansas races, it was a pretty good sized crowd. And oh, and you know, they're not taking that into account. I'm not, I'm not, I'm 70% sure whatever crowd shot they used. And I, I didn't see it. Uh, but whatever crowd shot they used probably was like from before the race. Well, and one thing that what makes me so mad is the attendance number, attendance numbers theoretically don't matter nearly as much as they did 20 years ago. No, but what makes me mad is the people on Twitter, they, they point out like just a couple of still shots that the TV shows. And, and that's, what's frustrating is it's not that bad because the TV can, can really make and play some mind games with you while you're looking at it from, from afar. And then we see that at Darlington that, that one year, they do the same thing. And so being at the track is a whole different deal. It's the, there was a really good sized crowd. A lot of people in the midway before the race, a lot of people at the race, 
um, both Saturday and Sunday. It was, it was a, a great event, but, uh, yeah, I mean, outside of trying to leave the track, everything else was a great experience as normal. Um, you know, it was a fun event. It was a fun race all the way around. And I know we'll talk about the race itself in a second, but, um, I, people dogged on Kansas for a long time and, and, and everything, but I, I love, the atmosphere, the experience, everything that that racetrack has to offer. And I know it's because it's close to us, but I mean, you you sold it. You sold it to me a lot uh, when I was dogging on the on track action. Cause it's, uh, it's that I'm not, I I haven't cussed 18 minutes in the episode. I'm not going to start right now. Uh, It's that package from last year that we, that was the, that was what we talked about for like seven episodes in a row is, is this a package track or not? Um, of the, I I don't even want to say the name of it. I don't want to say the number. I don't like it. And to be honest with you, it probably provided the best racing out of all of them at, with that package. So, you know, it, it, and people bar, but yeah, people dogged on it yesterday for a little bit. Cause it did get strung out there towards the middle of the race, especially in that long run in the second stage, it, it kind of got strung out a little bit and people dogged on it for a few moments there on Twitter. But the thing that bothers me is it's, it's people. All right. It, it's YouTubers who aren't old enough to really understand and grasp. How deep are you going to NASCAR YouTube? Huh? How deep are you going into NASCAR YouTubers? That's what pops up on my page. No, that, I mean, that's fair. I just, I, they're, you're they're, obviously not talking about uh, Eric Estep. Say He's, what name? Eric Estep. Estep. Oh, no. Out of the group. He wasn't one of them. Okay. He wasn't one of them that I saw anyway. I can't. Sorry if I butcher names, guys. I've been moving all weekend also into this new apartment I'm at, and I, my headspace, like, it's a tornado it's it's bad uh i'll get i'll get back but we'll figure it out sorry no, go on what you were saying it just bothers me because some of these youtubers these nascar youtubers are trying to make a name for themselves and all they've done is dog on everything except for the things that are in the mainstream if that makes sense what's the exception what, what are they not dogging on they, you know, they, they don't dog on the looks of the new car. They don't dog on the, well, the look of the new car is sexy. Right. But what like, I'm saying, have you seen that back bumper dude? But what I'm saying is they dog on everything else about the car. Okay. They're, they're not upset by, by the way it looks except for the car itself. They dog on all these other moves that drivers make on the track, but then approve of the Ross Chastain event at, at Coda, you know, they, they talk down upon some of the best drivers in the garage, but then when, you know, a couple drivers pop into the, the top 25 for the first time in like seven weeks, they're, they're like, this is the greatest driver that's ever lived in, and faced the earth. And so it, it it's those kind of things that are frustrating and it's those that don't go to the races that make me upset more than anything, because they're saying, you know, fan attendance is down, fan attendance is down. People aren't having fun because the race is getting strung out. I'll tell you one thing. There's a bunch of people sitting around me who were first time fans. You could tell 
They'd never been to a NASCAR race in their life. And they loved it from lap one to lap 270 or 267. Loved every single minute of it. And, you know, there was, there was people who were fans of Daniel Suarez's, right. And he had that tire go down and had to go back to the, the garage or go back to the pits multiple times. He was like three laps down. You would have thought he was on the lead lap the way those fans were cheering him on the whole rest of the race. They probably did think that. Right. <laughs> exactly. He's just out there next to the leader. Why isn't his number going up on the scoreboard? It must be broken. 100%. <laughs> and, and so it's those kind of things that just frustrate me as, like we said last week, a, a working fan, you know, sitting in the position that we currently sit and we have a voice, but we don't have a voice yet. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And it's just one of those things that, that frustrates me is people think that they're important and say things, but you can't really take them seriously. Yeah, absolutely. For so long, but no, it's good. This is the, this is the life episode. Well, we're going to make some more history on this show later. Uh, when you see, you've probably seen who the guest is. Uh, but we'll talk about that later. We led with NASCAR because I, you know, we always talk about, I want to talk about, uh, kind of bring our personal stuff into everything and give you guys a little treat. I don't know. I think people laughing at my misery is kind of funny. It cheers me up a little bit. I had a buddy I they're laughing at you. I think they're laughing with you. Oh, I had a buddy text me last night after the Stars game. He goes, you're getting pretty sappy about a hockey team. And I said, it's the one thing I have. I said, that's like the one place where I can like openly cheer and just be like a terrible fan and blame the refs for every goal. And yeah. So I what you do on this podcast. I have reasons to do it on the podcast. I'm just saying what's different than what you do than you do for the podcast. Like I, you know, I cheer for, I, I would cheer at a, like inside my head for a race at, for like the guy that comes on the podcast all the time to succeed and do well and my friends to succeed. But I mean, it's, it's beyond that. It's like when I watch IndyCar races, I barely have a favorite driver. You know, I, I just watch the races because I, I think they're exciting as hell. You know what we need to do sometime? Go to a Stars game? No. Oh, okay. You know, go to a race and sit in the stands with everybody else. Oh, we could do that sometime. Just yeah. So you can, just so you can be a fan again. I do it for monster trucks. You're making, you're making me sound like you're no longer a fan and you're just No, 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 no. I don't get me wrong. Like I still get like the same like excitement and stuff i just don't have like the one you know the thing riding on it like when i was watching jeff gordon if he wrecked like my day was ruined i don't know about that you you cheer pretty openly for uh damon i cried at talladega as like a 10 year old because he wrecked his pepsi throwback car on lap seven of the race i i run the risk of that every week that kyle larson steps inside a race car (laughs) there's only a reason that i turn some of those on it's because of him and then all of a sudden He's out and it's now like, well, now I'm stuck watching it. Cause I already started. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> so, uh, we'll t- let's talk Kansas. Uh, Kurt Busch gets his, uh, first win with 23, 11 racing. He's the 11th driver, 11th different driver to win in 13 regular season races so far. Um, only five playoff spots remain with 13 regular season events left to go. So, is it time that we start talking about this or are we holding off till another one comes in the next 
three or four points races. Here's why I say we have to start talking about it. Martin Truex Jr., Kevin Harvick. Those are two big names that don't Ryan Blaney. Ryan Blaney. Is right. Yeah. Those are, that's another name. Then you throw in guys who have won, you know, a race, maybe two a year here recently. And it's guys like Eric Amarola, who's a teammate to Harvick's and has a really good qualifying run nine times out of 10. That's a guy that can qualify with the best of them. You know, you throw in the fact that he escapes under the radar because Stuart Haas has had a couple of bad seasons. I was going to say, is, is not very good. I, I almost like don't put him in like the big three teams anymore. Right. Um, Christopher Bell is another driver that comes to mind in that same category with the fact that, you know, he is in a Joe Gibbs car and a proven winner in the, at the series. You've got both RCR drivers that have yet to win a race. And at some point, Tyler Reddick's going to win, right? Right. At some point he is going to find a way and win a race. Eric Jones has got a really fast car. If they can find a little bit of luck, they can get themselves in. There's probably seven, eight, nine drivers in the field that are capable of still winning that have not done so yet. I'm glad that we can start talking, dude. It's so interesting. Like what the playoff grid has done to like how, how I perceive just how good the drivers are and, and where they're ranking in the series. Like I understand the classic points, like technically did that, but this, like you throw in, can you finish the job? Can you get a win? Right. And you, World of Outlaws fans are gonna are gonna crap on it, but yeah, do we not do that in the World of Outlaws? I tweeted on Wednesday last week. Jacob Allen has more wins than Brad Sweet, eighteen races in the year, and it got like a hundred likes. Like we we still talk about wins in the same fashion. So I, you can harp on the fact of of the matter, um, and it. I don't think in most seasons. And obviously we've seen that it's been eight years, right? And we haven't had, we've always had a wild card spot, at least one. But I, I, I mean, I'm pretty, I'm pretty well on the playoff grid system at this point. So here's, here's one thought for you that I want to throw out is what happens if we do get, let's say 18 different winners. Denny Hamlin's out. Right. There's, there's going to be a, a winner. I don't think there's, I don't think there's a Sam, Sam's way in hell that Brad Keselowski makes the playoffs. He has to win, and they're not fast. Yeah, they are not fast, which is so weird because Chris Buescher looks to be pretty quick at some races. Oh, he was on the pool, right? And at Darlington, right? Even this, uh, no, Dover. Okay, thank you. But even this weekend. You know, they didn't have a, the greatest car, but started at the back after having the issues in practice and qualifying, right? He started in the back and he drove around people. Brad started in the back and Brad couldn't pass anybody. God, I thought you were talking about Brad Sweet for a second. I was so confused. No, I don't know. That's where my mind's, I told you it's a tornado. Um, but, you know, it, what, what makes it, you know, something that to think about is, we've got 18 possible winners on the season and only 16 spots. 
then what happens to this playoff grid? What becomes of the, uh, of the playoff grid? And then, you know, what, now what is the conversation, I guess? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I'm, I'm really interested to see what happens there. Um, I shouldn't, I shouldn't single out Denny Hamlin cause I'm about to talk about his team. Uh, but the other thing too, to, to mention look at, is, look at Austin Cindric though. Cause he might, he would then be close. Yeah. So there's a lot of, look at the other thing too, is the fact that it also pays to be consistent, right? Yeah. You, you don't have anybody going on this ungodly tear right now but there's drivers that are consistently top five, top 10 cars. And, and that's how you get, that's how you get through the playoffs with that and being consistent and staying out and getting stage points rather than, you know, if you want to go win the race, yeah, you get playoff points for that. Absolutely. Now, where are you at in the race? Have you won? Have you won a race yet? You're going to be more obliged to go get the stage one instead. Now look at MTJ. Who's not got a win yet. However, He's always running to the front. Right? He always runs to stage points too. Yes. That's how he did it a couple of years back. Exactly. That's how he won a title. Yeah. So, you know, it, it's going to be those who are consistent are going to end up benefiting at the end of the year. Absolutely. Let's, uh, let's go to a team that hasn't been as consistent this year, uh, but definitely had a damn good day on Sunday in 2311. Um, so Kurt Busch gets his win in the Jumpman car. Michael Jordan gave like the most like straightforward quote. You see that press release or that graphic what thing? He's just like it was great seeing him fight today and with a championship level team. Like I'm I'm proud of him. We're doing what we're supposed to be doing. I'm paraphrasing, but. <laughs> It's yeah. just funny hearing him talk about it because it's like you watch that whole documentary over COVID and you're just expecting him to, to say the most off-colored stuff and whoever writes his press release is like, we're keeping it we're keeping it straightforward. It's funny, though, that you mentioned that because I'm listening to Sirius XM on the way out of the racetrack and apparently MJ got in contact, either called Kurt or texted Kurt or something shortly after the race and basically said that Kurt's the reason that they dominated the day. And Kurt's like, no, it was, was all the team. And MJ's like, no, it was you that did that. <laughs> it's, funny. it's so funny that you mentioned the, the blanket statement and then hearing what MJ actually said to people. You know, cause you know, it's different. It's like, who's writing this? You know, 100%. It is Michael thinking, yeah, I'm a selfish son, SOB basically. All right. So let's, uh, let's talk about the other side of things. Uh, Bubba Wallace finishes 10th top 10 for him. Uh, finally, finally puts the whole race together. Uh, I didn't realize this up to this point. I've, I've done a bad job of, of watching, I guess. Uh, but his pit crew is the worst in the series they lost him they they lost him 13 spots in one pit stop that forced him to come back around top off on fuel just in case it went green the rest of the way in a race that had like 13 cautions like they i mean it was how bad did, uh, how many spots did uh 
Eric Jones's crew lose when they couldn't get the, the lug off. I, I wrote about that uh, in the recap too. Um, did, so did you guys notice Bubba at the track? Was that was that um, a story? Were you were re- were you reading Twitter as a race fan? No, there? You okay. Couldn't, you couldn't read Twitter because phones were down. That's a whole nother conversation. Oh yeah, that's bad. That you got guys. Racetracks the biggest thing for racetracks. Um, that if you want, you know, if you're having uh, this is probably not as much of a dirt track thing. Maybe for the uh, the big events, but get get service out there. Some sort of stuff. like Houston's Houston's for the fifty grand race. I dude, you could you're walking around the infield and you got to stand in this like six by six foot box. Basically, it's not an actual box on the ground, but that's where the signal's at. If you find it, mm-hmm. and then if you walk away from it, the, the same spot, like it will go away. You got a microwave under your feet. It's radiation. Basically, yeah. So. Uh, cell service yeah get get that to the tracks um so it's in I, it's... um to answer your question yes and no like you knew Bubba's pit crew lost him a lot of spots because he was like top at one point he was top five to, uh top seven something like that and then they'd had to pit under a caution and he was down in like 10th and then it was top. He was like top 10, top 15, somewhere in there. And all of a sudden he's back in, in 20th because of the penalty. And so, um, you knew that they were costing a little bit, but it wasn't Maybe if his car was out in, in clean air, he'd be as fast as Kurt was. But I think the big story out of that entire camp was just, the the rocket ship that kurt was on i think can i, can I tell you this stat because you're gonna and i don't blame you you were sitting in the stands and i i don't know how you i don't know how you would would cross the bridge of getting this to fans it's you can't you know it's just it's just impossible a, a fan would need to be on twitter keeping track of things to and caring about it that much to see it bubba wallace led the field in the most on track passes in the race with 60. Well, he should have. They brought him to the I back th- because of a, an, uh, a uh, penalty in pit road. The pe- yeah, the penalty was one in the middle of the race, and that ruined his run to the front. That took away all his track position. He gained it all back, finishes in the top five on a run. I don't think it was a stage, actually. I think it was a, just a caution. It's a caution late. It was caution. Five in a stage, and then there was a caution with about uh, thirty to go, and everybody pit then. And it was before. It was the but there's a caution in the middle of those two things. But you're right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that so they lost him the spots there. That's why that was the one he came around the second time on. There's no penalty. It was just a terrible stop. Right. Which it was kind of funny. And obviously Bubba's stops were magnified because it happened twice with the penalty plus the, the piss poor stop. But I don't know how it looked from, from your vantage point. It felt from the stands that there were a lot of bad pit stops yesterday, like lug issues, not coming off. Larson's had that in the very first pit stop. That's what did you, did from- you know, did you know that someone recorded the fastest pit stop in NASCAR history yesterday or one of the, one of the only under nine. 8.7 something or other 
Yeah, I, I just knew it was under nine seconds. I think there's only been a couple. Yeah, it was eight. It was eight point seven, and I saw the video of it from from Kyle Bush's. So you know there was some good from it for sure. But like it felt like, you know, that's why Larson got mired clear back in traffic. They couldn't get a lug off on his car. Um, there was, I think Chase Chase had a bad pit stop as well. Uh, Chase Elliott had a bad pit stop and that dropped him 12 spots. I think at one point, um, gosh, there are so many, you see, you see his quotes about the car. There's people dancing on it. It's great. I love how he's turned into like the, the guy who wins so much that he's a villain and he just doesn't win that much. So when, when the drivers that ended up getting in wrecks or whatever. So like when Suarez spun out and lost his tire and everything, uh, when chase lost his and all, and all that was there booing over to their channels. No, there was no booing whatsoever. Oh, okay. So, okay. I'll, I'll talk about the tire thing in a sec. You, you do yours. I was saying I switched over to their channels and Suarez dogged on the, on the car for about, 15 minutes while he's sitting there and he's asking for a push. He's like, he told the guy push, right? Yeah. He's yelling push to him. And then chase, he's sitting there dropping everything in the book saying that the car is absolute trash, which I loved. I loved how many people were asterisking his quotes, but I, I just don't, my journalistic, this is, this is my opinion on it. You put an asterisk there for like what kids to not read a bad word on a tweet like they 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 either know what you're doing or like the asterisk gives it away anyways essentially yes so i i would just say it like their words man obviously some words not great but you get it it was funny because he came you know he came out just blaring at them and I'm listening to it on the radio and Eddie DeHaunt, you could hear him getting pretty pissed and Alan was pretty pissed. And it was, it was comical at one point, especially after he said that the car was a, was a piece of shit. And. Oh yeah, that's right. You got the first one. Hell yeah. yeah. Not even, not even 10 seconds later, not even 10 seconds later, he comes on. Well, now the damn tow truck stuck. And they had to pull the, the truck out of the, the the grass to pull Chase out of the grass. Yeah, it, there's people hating on that. I'm like, what what do you want him to do, man? Like run run a little combine out there with like fans on the tires? They need to. You want you want to run spikes on the tires or what? Like, but get them out of the grass and then push them. They don't need to hook them up to a tow. That's yeah, no, just put, yeah, just push, just push. The car can handle that. Was insane, too. Kyle Larson's car was banged up and it's still fast. Like, I like that. That's how it should be. He hit everything that was on the outside of that racetrack, except for maybe Dave Moody in turn two. <laughs> but you know, he, he did. But yeah, those cars took a lot. So just push them. I don't understand why they're hooking them up giving them a three lap penalty because they have to hook them up but yeah Yeah, three three lap penalties because the wheel is stuck on the car right and it was comical listening to to chase's radio because of him being just so pissed he's right to an extent so what i've 
No, not a hundred, not a hundred. And I like chasing. No, I like chasing. I'd give him 99, 95. I, I'm, I'm going to say a hundred. I'll let you get your point and then I'll say mine. Yeah. So I've kind of come around on the tire thing. It's, it seems like Goodyear is designing tires that they recommend you don't go lower than this PSI on the tire. And if you go lower than that PSI, you get a little bit of extra speed. And essentially NASCAR teams, as they do best, are trying to push the envelope as far as it can be humanly pushed. And that's why we're getting these tire issues, right? It, they are going as far as they can to get more speed in the car. That's the competitor in them. And it's strategical because you have to figure out how much PSI you're going to run the car. You're going to run that tire at, right? Mm -hmm. It's just that every team is trying to push it so close that you get this and you can't really do a minimum air pressure thing. Cause you don't know, you know, you're not going to go around and check all the air pressures. And by the time you hook the testing unit up, whatever, yeah, you might lose half a pound of air and there's no possible way you can check that. So it's, it's a strategical thing from NASCAR teams. And I think it's basically going to keep happening unless Goodyear comes out and with a just metaphorically different tire that's just insane and can't you know would never blow out at just a, a technological masterpiece which isn't going to happen it would be a basically a medical marvel or miracle what i'm quoting so many phrases that i don't know the proper wording to uh and i love that but it, it's i i don't think the tire issue is ever gonna i don't think it's gonna change anytime soon because they're just going to push the envelope as much as they can. And I think it's at least now that we kind of know that information that they've finally communicated. Uh, I wish that would have came sooner. Um, that, But that is why we're seeing the tire things. And it also explains why we didn't see tire issues at the exhibition race, because they probably weren't pushing the envelope as much because they're worried about other things with the new car. So... I don't think that people are upset with as much they are, but upset with the fact that the tires are blowing out, but more or less how NASCAR's handling the stuck race cars. I think that's, what's frustrating people more than anything. Yes. Is, is it's the, the stuck race cars and the tires are just the product of the stuck race cars essentially. And so what, what's happening is racers are racers. You're going to find an edge every point you can possibly get, right? You're trying to, to limit every possible thing. And so you're trying to, to turn, you know, pretty good laps and lower air pressures because you know, you can do so. What I think is the downfall to that is you're going to blow out tires because we've asked for years to make a tire that's going to wear. And so now they've done that. You're going to have a quicker tire that, that goes. So by bro by byproduct of that cars are going to get stuck instead of hooking them up to a wrecker, push them. I think that's the more frustrating thing than maybe the tires themselves. Yeah, I think you're right. I, I think uh, there's there's that's a lot of. Why I think, that's why I think Chase 
was so upset on the radio is he's obviously mad that the tire blew out, but he's not wrong right. on the fact that you can't drive the car back to the pits. That's fair. Yeah. So what do you, what do you do with that though? Cause that's like a car design thing, right? You get them to a point where they can either drive it or you push them back. Do you imagine if they raise the ride height? <laughs> They just look like little monster trucks out there. <laughs> See, they used to though. Go back to like the eighties and look at pictures from the eighties, man. Look how high off the ground. Oh, dude, my my favorite car is like the seventies Dodge Daytona that looks like uh, King from uh, the Cars movies. Yeah, look how high they sit off the ground. Is it movies? Was he? Did he make an appearance in Cars Three? They kind of killed him off the show. No, he made an appearance in Cars 3. Okay, that's fair. I need I need to rewatch the trilogy. I don't know. I'm not, I'm not as sharp. I, oh, I did watch Phantom Racer in the last week. I don't know if I mentioned that on here. No. So a race car driver dies, uh, and then, like, very poorly CGI in the wreck. It's like a sci-fi movie, and, like, the CGI in it is terrible, and the race car like comes back to life and starts killing people uh at one point they run it into the river and it's like the movie could end there and then the race car is like pedaling out of the river what are you watching i'd say it's the best sci-fi movie ever i love like the stupid like any any crossbred like super gator i think it's i think it's super croc versus Dino Croc versus Super Gator. That's what it is. That's a really good one. But any of the big animal sci-fi movies fighting one another, if you just cross two animals, it's it's magic. I love it. I, so I, I had stumbled upon that one day on the sci-fi channel, and I watch it once a year, at least every year. I got nothing for you. It's one of my favorite. If anyone else has ever seen that, uh, tweet me. It, it, literally, it is one of my, like favorite movies to point and laugh at it it does the same as uh sharknado does to me with brad man yeah especially the one with brad and legato oh, <laughs> oh man my my old career goal list was to get up to like an e-list celebrity type uh name and then uh be in sharknado 27 but they've uh yeah. they've suspended making them so the pressure's off and so my motivation's and been you down can get, you can be in the, the series sooner maybe, yeah maybe a blessing in disguise right sharknado 6 instead <laughs> i'll bring i'll be the director if that happens <laughs> all right let's uh Let's go to the world of outlaws. Um, they raced twice last week. We obviously uh, covered Jacob Allen's uh, second win of the season um, on the last episode of the podcast. Well, Saturday night at Williams Grove after a rained out Friday. I think they increased the purse on Saturday. It was listed as 12,000 on the world of outlaws website uh, and it turned into 17,000 by Saturday night. I was at Knoxville and moving apartments. So I truthfully i have no idea uh what the actual reasoning was there or what the difference was but i i would assume the rain out on friday had something to do with it uh jacob jacob allen leads the first 28 laps after starting on the pole uh he won the dash he won his heat um qualified i think highest in his group or second highest one of the two 
Uh, but anyways, there's a crash uh, with him coming to the start finish line with two to go. So you line the cars back up, take the restart. Technically Brent Marks passes him on the restart, but it really looked like he was running out of fuel on the first of the two green white checkered laps. So 30 laps at Williams Grove uh, and you run out of run out of fuel. I can't say I'm surprised. It's a big track. 30 laps is a lot. Um, and Brent Marks actually got the win, um, obviously. What did you what do you think about that, Damon? Do they, do they need to scale that race back to 25? Or they give them the bigger fuel tanks, one of the two. Uh, you're not going to change the fuel tank for no. I don't think so. They do for they do for other big races. I think either you scale it back to 30 or you run 40 laps with a break in the middle. And for the people yeah, I mean, for the people pissy about the break in the Knoxville Nationals, like shut it. It's the biggest it race the of the year. It deserves fifty laps. It makes the last half of that race so much better. Uh -huh. When they do it, you see you see competitors like run a track and then they figure it out and then they all have competing competing advantages. Like, well, but I, yeah, but yeah, I I think if you want to make it more than twenty five laps, just do it. Just put a break in the middle or put in the you know, put, yeah. put a break if there isn't an open red. And if there's a red flag at any time in the race, go out and fill the cars up. Yeah. I mean, either, either you do that or you, you give them the, um, you give them like the Knoxville fuel tanks. Cause they put the bigger tanks on at Knoxville nine times out of 10 anyway. So, um, give them, give them a little bit bigger if, if need be, but yeah, I don't mind a break. If it's going to be a big race, then let's treat it as such. Right. Yeah, and uh, you can you can argue about how big the Morgan Cup is uh, to me or or whatnot, but it's at a historic track. They you know insist on going there six times a year, which I I I don't want to hate on them uh, for that necessarily because it was a pretty good race. Um, I think Lincoln and Port Royal are better racetracks for sure. I'd like to see them get one more date each on the schedule, and you could theoretically, you know, drum up some big events there, but I, you know, I get it. It's a historic racetrack. It's still a very cool venue. It's a unique track, um, as well. I hope, I hope they, there's a lot of fans that complain about Williams Grove, it seems in Pennsylvania. I know I'm going on such a tangent right now. Um, so I hope that improves, I guess, but anytime you have a race named differently, than just World of LS Sprint Cars at. I think that's a good thing. I think that helps promote the event. Um, you know, don't name it something dumb, but anytime it's like that, uh, and even extended purse, whatever, whatever it means, uh, there's, there's a trophy for the race that's a very unique trophy. It wasn't just a normal track trophy, it's the Morgan Cup. Um, and I don't, truthfully, don't know this historical significance of it there. Uh, but yeah, it, it's a bigger race than a regular race. So treat it like one. What did anybody else have fuel issues on? I didn't watch it live cause I was at Knoxville. Um, so I'm not a hundred, not a hundred percent sure. No one else in the highlights. No, there was one. I think at least one other driver ran out. I, I believe this makes you wonder if it's not necessarily a Jacob Allen only thing like so. i don't think it was i think i think a lot of people were pretty close or ran out 
were pretty close and running out or two different things. Some made it, some didn't. Right. I, I don't think they scoffed on the fuel tank or anything like that. Just, you know, sometimes you, you never know there could be, you know, you get something clogged up there and there's a leak or fuel pickup problems or something of, of that sort. Yeah, absolutely. Um, also, let's talk the new World of Outlaws uh, point standings. I don't know if you saw this. Um, yeah, I did see it. Okay. I know what you're going to talk about. Yeah, Carson Macedo crosses the line in second, doesn't meet the weight requirement. Uh, instead of being four points in the green, so the points leader he would have been, he's now 42 back of Brad Sweet in third. David Gravel's 24 back in second. Sheldon Hottenshield behind him at 82 back. Logan Schuhart at 102 uh, behind in fifth place. And then in sixth, we have rookie of the year leader spencer basin mm-hmm. so impressive year from spencer that's uh that's huge i i was shocked at the mosquito thing i wonder how how many pounds they were down yeah i'd be curious to know how how far off they actually were but how about how about that you go finish second take the points lead roll across the scales and now all of a sudden you're last and and third in the standings after being second yeah, it's it's nuts, man. Um, let's talk based in real quick, uh, and then we'll kind of wrap up this first segment. Uh, hell of a year so far for him, and Brad <laughs> Brad Sweet finishing in. It's a weird, arbitrary number to throw out, but outside the top seven. Mm-hmm. Oh, excuse me. Is uh, that's allowing like. It's allowing these other guys to make up ground in the point standings and we're bunching it back up again. And for those yeah. for the for the jokesters on Twitter that were like pissed that they were seeing point standings in the ninth race of the year, okay, uh like eight races ago, uh the points were much more spread out than they are now. Um, so I, I don't know if you want me to color code it for you or anything, but it's stuff we look at. Like it's it's cool. Fans should and deserve to get like live points updates we're also getting ready to head and i don't by live i don't mean like points as they run like don't misconstrue that but yeah but you're getting ready to run into the summer months right which is yeah where in the last three years that brad sweets won his championships where has he run the best yeah when it gets hot out yeah it's when it gets hot. He runs so good in these summer months. I think he sheds off the like dad weight. Goes on the uh, stair. Yeah. He sweats it out. He must he must get but yeah, get into the playing shape, we'll call it. All right. Did you uh last thing, did you hear about the IndyCar race Saturday? I heard Rossi was leading, then I heard there was mass chaos. And <laughs> insanity. It was insanity. It was, you go back, Damon, this week before the next podcast and just watch what happened. There was, you had guys that were deciding between rain tires and dry tires. And then the rain never came. A ton of people shredded their tires. Alexander Rossi, bad luck, go, goes way to the back of the field then there's a caution they're all back right where they started in the lead group like 22 of them and they had they're still doing this debate of when this when is this rain gonna come it was the craziest like open wheel race i've seen in five years 
I'll tell you, if uh, if they were anywhere near the Kansas Speedway at, at uh, 9.30 a.m. on a Sunday, you would have gotten a, a lot of rain. <laughs> it, it rained so hard. But, yeah, uh, that's kind of weird how it, it played out where they're searching for which tires we should go to and um, chalk that one up to the weatherman being wrong, right? Yeah, absolutely. Thankful for that. Uh, Colton Herta gets his first one of the year. Any car, four winners in five races. That's uh, – what do we think about Colton Herta being, like, the American guy that's the IndyCar savant that's going to go to F1 in two years maybe? I mean, if they if they decide to let Andretti in and stop being uh, – That'll be the guy that – Anti-American. That'll be the guy that carries the banner. Yeah, no, he's going to. But I, he, I think he overdrives trying to be that guy, honestly. He drives like Mike Lynette was driving uh, the year when he had his injury, and he was trying to get back into the swing of things and make the playoffs. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if he's – I don't know if he's trying to be the guy right now. Like, I think he's starting to feel that, though. He's kind of starting to feel that. I don't want to call it Marco pressure, but, like, you know how how Marco Andretti came into the series, finished second in his rookie year at uh, at the 500, and he's got a big name attached to him. I think that has a little bit to do with uh, the same same sense with Herta right now is, you know, he's got that big name attached to him, but he's not able to, to pull off any of the big stuff right yet. Because Marco never won a title and Marco never won a 500. So, dude, I think there's, there's some Facebook groups. You talked about NASCAR YouTubers. There's some Facebook groups that hate Marco Andretti. Oh, it is so bad. Like I met the I met the guy when I was like, I still have a little Indy car signed by him when he's driving for I think RC Cola in the 26, and it is so so bad. Like you, I mean he's he's on a entry list. And or and injury list, uh, and all the comments are like, "Not Marco! You have to be kidding me! Really? We're doing this still." Yeah, they they got really hot when they saw him show up for this year's five hundred. Yeah, I was uh, I met him when I was a little kid at Iowa Speedway. That those races are gonna kick ass, by the way. Damon and I will be there. Um, and yeah, he it's super nice guy, amazingly nice. He's sponsored by Venom then too. Yes, that was when he won the night race at, at Newton. Dude, those things used to get me jacked up. It's probably had a lot to do with the fact that I was 12 years old drinking a full energy drink I got for free at the racetrack. <laughs> I was bouncing off walls. There's that. All right, let's bring on our guest in a second. You guys will hear Scotty Johnson again. Oh, real quick. How was drag racing? You got to watch it. I did. My boy Ron Caps went. Did you like my tweet about a? <laughs> Antron didn't like it. I sent a tweet to Antron Brown saying one of my best friends is racing today. It's great to see him on TV. 
can't imagine why he didn't like it. I know. We go way back. He must have just forgot. I expect a text from him apologizing in the next yeah. probably two hours or so. It usually gets to me around 9 o'clock. Um, you guys are I didn't watch to the end. Did Ron win? No. Dang. Wait. I don't think so. I can't wait for like two weeks from now. So basically, guys, my entire week, um, I didn't go to Kansas at all or slash with damon because uh hockey playoffs for the roller hockey league i'm in so our national tournament basically uh it's in detroit michigan and they didn't confirm the weekend until like april ish uh so i was waiting and waiting to figure out what date it was i just didn't schedule anything for the middle of may uh anything to go outside of the state of iowa so I wish I was at Kansas, but now I've been, I'm preparing to go to Detroit. I shredded a stick on Thursday. So now I've got to go uh, buy a new stick uh, this week. And I've been preparing for that and uh, getting, I've been running a bit, Damon. Uh, don't want to go there and not be, not be in shape. Well, I can, I can play a little bit either way. Sometimes you need a little extra water weight. Uh <laughs> But yeah, and then I moved and I, my, I, I got so much going on. Got my internet connection figured out today. So that was good. That's a step in the right direction. The router being already in the apartment and hidden was uh, both a curveball uh, and a catastrophe. Uh, so drove to Best Buy and then uh, thankfully uh, figured it out after that before I spent $200 on something I didn't need at all. All right, well, yeah. let's uh, let's bring in Scotty, and we'll get to the uh, part of the podcast, the historic uh, historical statistic. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. All right, guys, we now welcome on a very special guest, uh, and we make history on the Always Race Day podcast as the first podcast ever in the history of podcasts to uh, include, or I guess have on the same guest two episodes in a row. It's Scotty Johnson from the Knoxville Raceway Pace Pro uh, Sprint Series coming off his second win in a row. We didn't have time to brainstorm any celebrations for you to do. We don't have suggestions yet. <laughs> All right. Well, hopefully I can win some more and then maybe we can later, but we'll, we'll have to see how that goes. Can you give us like a two week break? <laughs> the pace you're going, we're not going to have enough time. Well, I mean, I, I hope we can keep going like that. I mean, it's, <laughs> three in a row is a lot to do, but well, We'll see. <laughs> I was if we have to have you on, it's a good thing we have another episode before the next race you'll run because I think if you come on three times in a row, then you're just a host. So that yeah. I mean, that'd be unfortunate that we'd have to have you on like every week. <laughs> right? Yeah. But I'm sure you don't mind considering the fact that if if it's good luck. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Connor's never had good luck in his whole life until now. 
<laughs> and the bad luck, the bad luck came back on Monday. I had a real, real shit weekend. <laughs> Wait, Sunday. I have my dates messed up. Yeah, today's Monday. All right, Scott. So you, uh, so you graduated Saturday, right? Uh, not yet. It'll be this coming Saturday. Oh, it's this weekend. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I'm an so, idiot. Okay. Well, it's a Sunday, actually, not Saturday, but. Gotcha. Um, I did want to. So I went and introduced myself to Scotty after he won, because I didn't get to the track as early as I usually do. Usually, I'm there two and a half hours before hot laps start, getting interviews, getting stuff for the week, uh, feature stories to write, stuff like that. Um, and I was pissed off because I like I went over there, and then you're strapping in the car, getting ready for qualifying. I'm like, shoot. Uh, so I walk up, I shake Scotty's hand. He goes, you're way taller than I thought you'd be. <laughs> I want to know what height you thought I'd be. Well, I was thinking maybe like a cup, like six, two or something, but you're, you're, you're just like really tall. And I'm, I'm like, only six, four. It's not that tall. Oh, uh, okay. Well, I, I mean, I'm five eleven, So, I mean, you looked it's taller fair. than I thought. So <laughs> I didn't know what, I didn't know what height just my face on a zoom, uh, gave out. So that's, that's what I was looking for. It's a six, two. I got it. All right. Yeah, yeah. So work, work on getting some phone books back here. Maybe angles. <laughs> make make it look taller. <laughs> so we'll, we're gonna just uh, shoot the shit the rest of the podcast. But for real, on the progress of your race team this year, you told me that you were kind of handcuffed last year on um, just where your car was gonna run coming off the injury, uh, doing surgeries in the off season, right? How, uh, what, what does, what do you mean by handcuffed, I guess, and that, uh, kind of the casual fans, um, what was like dialed back on your car? What'd they do for it? So, uh, I mean, basically, so I went out the first, like, I think the first five weeks of the year, I ended up uh, wrecking two cars and uh, I was kind of racing over my head. I wasn't really right in the head because I was on some medicine that I shouldn't have been on, but I was racing anyway. Uh, but, uh, we didn't know at the time, so it was kind of a learning process through. Do you think, do you think those were bad? Do you think those were bad luck incidents or do you think like that was definitely what caused it? Well, I'm, I'm feeling after this year, a lot of it was, uh, I mean, I had a little experience and experience in the car too, but a lot of it was that I couldn't think straight for the most part. Cause I was on some medicine. They, they told me it was just like Tylenol, but it wasn't Tylenol. And I, uh, no, looking back on it now from this year, cause we kind of took a different approach this year without getting on that stuff before, uh, to, to kind of clear my head up. And I can tell it take, makes a huge difference compared to last year. And I'm able to focus a lot better and drive a lot better. So what, so, uh, you're good, Damon. I Go ahead. Gonna ask, yeah. I was just going to ask what was, Oh, different from last week to this, this past week that maybe you had to do a few things different or, or did you learn anything from two weeks ago to carry while you were in the lead this week? Well, I kind of was doing kind of the same thing. I mean, we were, uh, I mean, we had some setup stuff. I mean, we did the same thing, just a little bit of a little tweaks and stuff, but, uh, we kind of just piggybacked off last week with our, with our setup and but maybe added a little to it, but, uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, it was, I, I didn't think it was going to work like that again, but it, I was able to get the bottom of the thing stuck again. And we're pretty good. One and two came off we're a little tight coming out of four, but we were able to stay smooth enough to where it didn't matter too much. So how much, I know you can't take much from the other classes racing cause they're so different from the pace pros, but what did you think about just the curveball that three and four was, especially the X of four, uh, on Saturday? Cause that was wild. I mean, I saw, 
you had guys, Aaron Reitzel was uh, screwing up once or twice there. Uh, and then one time he hit it perfectly and goes in the back bumper of Brian Brown. I mean, it was crazy. Yeah, it was a very tricky corner, uh, the way they had it, like how the way it came in. So it was uh, one and two. It was pretty easy to get kind of down there in the groove. There's a wide grip of uh, of uh, grip down there around the bottom. But coming into three and four, it was still greasy, and it was uh, not as wide. So you kind of had to hit it uh, really perfect to get through there, and you couldn't carry. If you wanted to carry speed, you were going to push off the bottom coming into four. So, uh, yeah, it was just trickier than normal, but everyone has to race on it. So you just got to figure out better than everyone else. Do you think that that had something to do with like the weather during the week changing the track a little bit, maybe? Yeah, I would say it was a little different. Like, uh, I would say we had a little bit more grip when I won my makeup feature because, uh, there was less cars driving, but it was just, it was kind of oddball because like, so two earlier in the night was kind of slicking off and qualifying for us, at least I, I noticed and uh, three and four was in the shade still like how it normally is so it was kind of greasier during the heat races so uh yeah it was just both sides came in a little differently and we and uh two one and two were just a little better for me with our setup and three and four was just a little still too greasy a little so yeah i mean yeah i would say it had a little effect on it you know just sure. a little different week absolutely so this is uh we brought you on again obviously for the win um but we had you on so recently we just yeah. we're, we're gonna make this the get to know scotty johnson episode so i need to get like some important questions on your character as a person um in society like this so with that said uh who's better to you for monster jam uh dennis anderson or tom Mentz? oh i don't uh, i'm sorry i can't answer i don't know uh drivers i'm sorry i don't know that oh scotty it's it's the grave digger grave digger and maximum destruction Okay. Okay. Uh, I'll go with Grave Digger. Yeah. Okay. He's got that. All right. So he's, he's all right, guys. He's definitely fine there. <laughs> okay. I want to go back to before we even hit the record button, because he said something. I was, yeah, was going to get to it, but you go. Yeah. No, it, it sparked Connor. Like it, it basically got him to stop talking for all of two seconds. It was kind of weird. So you, you said you drove what? So I, I drove at uh, Monster Jam when I was younger with our, uh, our English Creek cars uh, when it was in Wells Fargo Arena. So I thought you were saying you drove a monster truck, but that's still sweet. Yeah. Still so, cool. so, so when Did I you win that race, well, it was it was weird. I mean, okay, so I'll tell you the story. So uh, basically, it was all staged what we were doing because everyone wanted their spotlight or whatever, and they had these lists of all these guys. So we, I mean, they would start us and they told us to stay where they were. But then out of nowhere, people started passing, and this one who won two races in a row. So I'm like, this is stupid. I'm the one who has to stay in sixth, so this guy's passing everybody. So then I passed everybody one night and won every single feature that night. And then all the dads were freaking mad at me because it's like because their kid didn't get a shot to be on the on the big screen because because we did it for like three or four days when they were up there. That's awesome. So you you hijacked a WWE go kart race. At, can I call them go karts? What what do you call them? Carts. Uh, yeah, go karts, outlaw karts. So yeah, they're outlaw awesome. karts. Thank you. I couldn't remember the name, but you hijacked a WWE outlaw kart staged show at Monster Jam. Yeah, I was mad. I'm like, why are these guys getting the win? I haven't got to win one yet. So yeah. Oh my goodness. And he's got the talent to just kick everyone, just wax everybody. <laughs> that is awesome. Yeah, it was it was a pretty cool experience. Uh, we got to uh, kind of go around and meet all the drivers too. It was a little different back then. I was like, 
like 10 or 11 back then. So it's been a bit. Name some of the trucks who were there. Uh, there was the, the Mohawk warrior. Uh, I think that's his name. Uh, yep. I believe there was a grave digger. And there would have been Damon Bradshaw. And I would have bet Adam Anderson was there that year touring with him because they try to put all those friends together and he's probably young in his career. Yeah, probably. And then there was a Mad Max was there. Uh, uh, I think there was, uh, like a pink one too. I forget who, who she was, but there was, I think there was like six or I forget how many there were, but I think six or eight at the most. So I, I can bring up like stats and shit like that of like who was driving and who was talented and who had fast trucks and they never run for points. They are the WWE of like racing, but at a much worse scale and they, they have, they have the world finals and oh, I pissed off one of my sprint car friends real bad when he was like, are you going to the world finals this year? I was like, they happened like three months ago in Orlando. Like, what are you talking about? <laughs> yeah. yeah, but it's true. I mean, I mean, we even heard about that, like in the meetings, so I didn't want to bring it up because I didn't want to spoil it for you if you didn't know. But uh, yeah, like back when I was uh, 11 or 10, uh, we were there at the meeting and they were like, okay, you're going to do a, a, a donut here. You're going to spin out here. You're going to let off here. And it, it's completely planned. It's just uh, depending on who's going to win a, a, one of those races. <laughs> I'm not even joking. It's I can't the- believe they're choreographing the cautions. Connor has just <laughs> lost all sense of life. Right now. <laughs> just, that's insane. It's completely <laughs> planned down to the T completely planned. I want to see what happens if the flagman's off base on his script by a lap or two, just misses count. He's like, I thought it was lap six, man. I thought he was going to spin out. He just throws it. They got to come on the intercom and be like, there's debris on the racetrack. Right. Yeah. But yeah. I mean, I hate that. Yeah. But that's absolutely true. That's the one thing that surprised all of us was, yeah, they were, it's completely planned. Man. And then no one listened to it was the perfect. <laughs> Connor's face. When you rattled all that off, I can't believe someone would try to do that. It's just little kids racing. It's like, it's like trying to stage a hockey game at the second intermission at the Iowa wild. Like you're not doing that. Right. Yeah. It's yeah. But I mean, yeah. I mean, I didn't know it was completely staged because that's when I was winning those until everyone got mad at me, but Scotty yeah, goes to the driver's meeting expecting them to be like, Hey, you're going to pull out here. Let's have a clean race. Let's do a yeah, prayer yeah. and make sure we're all safe. <laughs> then we're going to tell you when you're spinning out. Yeah. It's yeah. I mean, it was kind of heartbreaking. Cause I thought, I mean, I love monster jam growing up and then we went there and it's like, Man, this is this is not what I thought it was. But I mean, Monster Jam needs to get better. I'm I'm gonna get rich enough someday to buy Monster Jam from Feld Entertainment. Either that or they hire me. We can do a merger. We'll do it. if yeah. anyone from Feld is listening. I just want one series that actually means something like eight nights out of the year. It's not hard to do. It really isn't. You could give them like a triple buy into like the Elite Eight of the bracket. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I'm cracking up, man. Your face was so priceless. I love, dude. It's so, it has so much potential to be like a fun thing and like just a real rowdy like. It, you can go to a monster truck show and it can be the lamest deal with the slowest cars there, and all of a sudden some dude is just whipping the biggest donut you've ever seen, and it's just fun automatically. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm guessing there's still some, like, I mean, WWE, there's still some aspects to it that are real, but... Yeah, they hit the mat. Right, exactly, but a lot of it's it, it's planned, at least. I mean, they try to follow a script, and I guess they deviate a little, but... They turn it into a soap opera, and 
Monster Jam could definitely be that, but we need some drivers to like fake date each other for three months and then get in a fight in the trucks. Yeah, yeah, there you go. <laughs> like, girl just got done by this guy, does her freestyle run, and then rams her truck into the other guy's truck. How cool would that be? That'd be awesome. I mean, if it's already choreographed, you might as well make it interesting. You could have, yeah, you could have a fake fight on the middle of the dirt pit in the middle. I'm yeah. saying Monster Truck Demolition Derby. Oh, that'd be really cool. I don't think that would work out. I mean, it'd be really expensive, but... Just let it fly at this point. They're too good at fixing those trucks that I feel like you have some merit to say that. And I hate, I hate it. <laughs> oh, oh yeah. Another, and another thing is, uh, you know, they're supposed to be different teams. It's one whole crew. Everybody works on, it's one big crew that works on the, all the cars. All oh the my cars. God. Yeah. They, uh, well they do. Like it. So what I have gathered from it is it's more of like a world of outlaws thing. Okay. Like when a car goes to the work area and all the full timers are going and turning on it, they're like, there's some independent trucks that run, but they're not fast enough to rack. And when they do, they park it for the night and then fix it overnight. Well, I, I'm thinking, I would assume they get some help there as well. And it's less like it's not a full-time guy, so we're not going to help them. But I, I think it's pretty close to what the world of allies do. Uh, I mean, I mean, maybe that's, maybe that's true, but I'm pretty sure that might be their facade because I'm pretty sure it was one, one team. And I, I think I remember the show. So fun fact about me, I'm a 24 year streak of going to every monster jam that's ever been held in Des Moines. Oh, I cool. drove back from Damon's house, woke up at seven 30 to get back to the one o'clock show here after the outlaws race in Missouri. Terrible. I was like falling asleep on the, on the way home, but from the show that I think you're mentioning, I think they're all Monster Jam trucks, but that would make sense that they're all just working on them because it's such a unique vehicle. Right, um, exactly. And you can't have a lot of expertise. But The other Monster Trucks, I've seen like ads for the other Monster Truck series. I asked uh, our coworker, Damon, Jer Jared Stansberry, there's a race in Waterloo and we were going somewhere in the morning on Saturday. And it's this like off-brand monster truck race on a Facebook ad. I was like, we should just drive up to Waterloo and see what the hell this is about. Like this looks, I don't, I don't even know where they were doing it at. Like it was just like a field. Oh geez. That sounds awesome. <laughs> so, I mean, they don't have any competition. Right. Yeah. Yeah. They're kind of up there and there's, there's not like steps like you have from like outlaws down. It's just, no, there's just, we're going to put you in a slower truck and then you're going to go on a little faster one <laughs> and you yeah. see, see how far you go up the ladder. and dude they like the interviews though are like staged interviews like the hosts are so bad at phrasing the questions and then the drivers are like so obviously just man like that what a great race didn't you guys like that I mean, it's like there's no there's nothing like here that's like worth listening to right yeah i mean i can imagine that <laughs> All right, so I do have to ask you uh, another thing. What was going through your head uh, when the Green Bay Packers were leading the Pittsburgh Steelers 21 to 10 at halftime uh, in their Super Bowl loss in 2010? Oh man, I was little for that one, but uh, I remember. I remember. We, I mean, we were down in Florida actually for that one when we were watching it. We were on vacation, and uh, uh, yeah, my dad wasn't very happy about that. <laughs> Scotty's a big Steelers fan. 
Uh, so he, I had asked him on Saturday on the video, dude, I, my phone didn't flip over to the side. I don't know if you saw it on Twitter. There's <laughs> a terribly, like, I couldn't edit it either. Like you, when I rotated it, it like distorted your face into this little box. I was like, what is this doing? Uh, <laughs> and yeah. problems. I made sure we, we wanted to ask you some Steelers questions. Damon, do you have any prepared Steelers questions or just questions in general? Yeah, I know I mentioned that like 30 seconds before Scotty joined the Zoom. I was going to say, I don't have any Steelers questions. All I right. have questions in general. Well, go for it. I just want to know. So, all right. This last weekend we went to the races in, at uh, Kansas. And so we're sitting there tailgating and, you know, it's raining whatever. And dad had not listened to the podcast yet from last week. And so we took turn it on and, and listen to it. So he's going to probably end up listening to this one at some point, but what was the worst assignment he ever gave you that you want to tell him to his face that that was an absolute awful assignment? Oh, don't tell uh, me that your dad's going to listen. I would just, I would have just no, said he, he never listens. Here's the thing. He doesn't <laughs> teach him anymore. So it doesn't matter. No, I know, but I think he would have gone no holds barred and just be like, oh. and that guy gave us some tough ones. Uh, probably when he made us do typing.com. That was, <laughs> that was I mean, he just, what, what is typing.com? It's, it's literally, it's, literally what it says. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I mean, I, I'm getting it. I'm guessing it's probably required, but, but that was the most dull thing ever. And uh, I, I, <laughs> on this. I think it's typing.com, but it, it was just, uh, it, it was dull. And uh, I mean, for the most part, he had pretty cool assignments where we do like sheets and stuff, but uh, for the most part, it was just, I mean, for the entire seventh and eighth grade year, it was just typing. Over just sign up. <laughs> so you're basically saying with all the sheets and stuff, he was like every typical history teacher who didn't want to teach the class. Right. Well, I mean, he, he did teach us, but I mean, the typing thing, it was just like, Oh yeah, go ahead and start typing. So <laughs> hop, hop on typing.com when you're done with your assignment. I, I might sign up for it. It says I can do multilingual ones. Do I have to actually use Spanish words or no, just the Spanish keyboard. Oh, I, I didn't even know. That. I don't have a Spanish <laughs> keyboard. How do I do that? I don't know. Can't answer that. <laughs> Isn't that just like the C? There's a C and there's a CH, right? What? I don't know. I'm trying to think of the Spanish alphabet. There's definitely one of those. I mean, it's mostly A, B, C, D, E, F, G, all that. But I know there's like an, a special N, I think. like where it has Yeah, the... with the thing with the squiggly on the top. Yeah. It's called the tilde, but um, let's get cultural. <laughs> oh, now, now you know what I'm talking about. But the CH just went right over your head. Let's get, let's get cultural here, okay? There's a there's like a letter that's like ch. I'm almost positive. Sure, you could be right. I'm not saying you're. Right. How do you know the tilde thing? Because I took Spanish. That's like knowing what an aglet is on a shoe, shoelace. Sure. Okay. Well, I mean, I took four years of Spanish. So I don't even know what it's called. So. <laughs> I'm I'm so bad at just other languages in general like i had no chance in learning spanish i love how we went from computer typing to dale's worst worst uh project ever to tildes over ends in the spanish keyboard i don't think i've had to use too much spanish keyboard but it was a lot of like they had like this like weird game like where you had like a hot air balloon if you didn't type fast enough the thing sank and it was like it's like those type of things and you had to like <laughs> oh type fast. this sounds like a fun ass assignment 
It's not. Don't believe that. That that's not. I mean, they, I'm gonna they, go, I'm gonna go play this later tonight, and I'm gonna start playing the hot air balloon game. <laughs> they want you to think that, but it, it's not. It, 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 it's the most so boring, boring thing ever. <laughs> I can attest to it too. It is very boring. I think when I was in school, we did type to learn and it was just black and white. Like I think the background of it was blue and the letters were like ghoul or something. And it was not fun at all. Oh my goodness. All right. My next question before we continue, cause it's still on this topic of school is right. how many shark tank episodes did he make you watch? And did you learn anything from them? Uh, he just, it was a decent amount. Yeah. Uh, yeah. He, <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, a little, I mean, there, there's shark tank episodes, so you don't learn too much from it, but, uh, <laughs> I mean, they're cool to watch is, is an excuse to not do anything in class. That's what I kind of get as. So <laughs> time out. I would, you, would you, um, endorse Mark Cuban as a presidential candidate? I would. Yeah, I, I like it. I mean, he's pretty, he's pretty smart. He's fantastic. I love that guy. I, yeah. your dad sounds like the easiest teacher ever. I'll let him attest to it. I can't. I won't say easiest, best, maybe. Yeah, I mean, he's probably better. He's pretty laid back for the most part, as long as you didn't like get on his nerves or whatever. But that didn't happen very much. So, Damon, how do you get on your dad's nerves? Well, I I do it by just showing up. I can't tell you. That's fair. Do you think I'll get on his nerves? I have that characteristic. I could do it. It's possible. Yeah, like a lot of barnstormers. <laughs> Scotty would know more than I would how to get on his nerves because I, I never had to have him in class. I mean, it was it was pretty hard to, but I mean, I I've seen a couple kids do it, but it was mostly when they're trying to argue about not doing typing.com. So. <laughs> No, it was funny. We got done Walker listening to the uh, episode and it's like everything that we talked about last time. He just says, he's like, man, I just love, I, I love that kid. I'm just, I'm like, yeah, he, he thinks pretty highly of you too, dad. And I don't know why, but he does. <laughs> yeah. He was pretty cool. I loved him being in his class. So. All right, Scotty, who, any, it doesn't matter what series, what car, who was your favorite driver growing up? Growing up, on shots. So, and, and I get, I kind of get some hate from that, but I loved, I loved watching him win all those net. Because when he was going on those streaks, was when I was growing up uh, at English Creek. So uh, it was pretty cool to watch him. That's the guy you looked up to, to. So I didn't even know that, and I'm wearing the shirt tonight. So that's Not, oh, I didn't even realize. Yeah. 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 Damon, awesome. Damon's a big Donnie fan. Um, I grew up cheering for Steve Kenzer. I had a culture and. Uh, Nice, uh, <laughs> nice look at statistics. You know, we'll, we'll throw out that book. I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, shoot, Damon, Damon, what do you got? Well, we talked about favorite driver of all time. Hmm. We talked about football on the last podcast. Do we want to do a Mount? Do we want to do a Mount Rushmore draft of the greatest drivers of all time? Ooh, that's tough. Let's do it. All right. All right. Well, who's going first? Scotty goes first, probably. Yeah, he's the guest. I'm going to steal this from part of my take. We're going to do a snake draft, so we got to go around one way and then back the other. Okay. 
So I'll start with Doug Wolfgang. Well, I'm a personal Doug Wolfgang fan. I really liked him. And is that the guy that raced the sprint cars without the wings on it, like the fake ones? <laughs> well, I mean, you're he did alphabet soup with the wing on, so <laughs> you're gonna make some people mad. I made some people mad when I was like. 15 on Twitter because someone asked who the greatest sprint car driver of all time was uh, between Kenzer and Wolfgang. And I just replied and said, if it doesn't have a wing on it, it's not a real sprint car. <laughs> and I got like 70 responses to like a tweet when I had like 150 followers, maybe. <laughs> and I was just sitting in my high school class like these people get so pissed off so easily. Yeah, people are pretty passionate about him. Damon, you want to go first? Uh, I suppose. Is this like all series? Yeah, we're gonna go. We're gonna go everywhere around. I think. All series. That's, yeah, we then we probably won't take each other's stuff. All right, then I'm gonna go with Dale Earnhardt as my first pick. Okay, I, I was overlooking that one. I got two picks now, so I really can't screw the pooch here. Nope. All right. Well, I'm I'm gonna go with. Hmm. We'll do Steve Kenzer as number one. Huh. There's one I could take from you that I'm not going to, and you should thank me for it. But I'll just do my second one as Jeff Gordon. Okay. Well, then I'm guessing the one that you were going to take is John Force. Yeah, that's, uh, that's what it is. Yeah. 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 So I'm going to take John Force as my, my second second pick. Yeah, my dad, my dad loves me. I got to say something for him to move on. Oh, hell yeah. Uh, Love it. My, uh, we went to PRI. We went to PRI a couple uh, years ago. And uh, my dad and I got, actually got to meet John Force and uh, his uh, daughter and stuff. And they signed the piston. Yes. That's sick. That's pretty he has, cool. On that one piston head alone, he's got two uh, race winners from this uh, past weekend, Connor. You got Ron Caps? No, he's got Robert Height and Brittany Force on there. Oh, geez. That was pretty cool. Plus John. Plus John. Yeah, plus John Force, yeah. That's nuts. My dad was pretty giddy about that. That was kind of his thing growing up, was watching drag racing, and uh, he, he was kind of uh, giddy to get to meet him. Scotty, before before you make your next pick, I, just, I don't know if you know this about me or not. I'm basically best friends with Antron Brown. Okay. So he uh, there's he follows 420 people on Twitter. He followed me. I've messaged him three times. He never gets back to me on there, but he always texts me. I don't know why he follows me, but I've sent a lot of stupid tweets, and he's never unfollowed. So, <laughs> well, I, I mean that. Was fun. <laughs> so, I got one homework assignment for you, Scotty. Okay. We got to get back to this draft, David. We will. But you need to ask my dad about John Force when you see him. Okay. He, he despises him. Oh, what? Really? He does not like John Force. What? Your like dad doesn't like John Force? No. He How do you not like John, John Force? Force? You have like seven John Force diecasts in your apartment right now. Yeah. And your dad hates him? I wouldn't say hate. You said despises. Yeah, strongly He's synonymous. Kind of. Why? Why? There's just I want. Yeah, it's it's a long story. Basically. Do we have to get Dale on the podcast to tell it? No, he basically calls him a cheater, but he doesn't cheat. So, 
Yeah. So when you see him, ask him about John Force and what he thinks. Yeah, I didn't even know that. Wow. That's uh, how do you not like John Force? That's get- what I say to him every time I talk about it. That dude's funny. Is like he's always entertaining when he gives an interview too. Did you see his like? So he was signing hero cards for people. And they have his updated number of wins he got, and he's crossing out stats and correcting them, <laughs> and then signing it at the bottom. I thought that was—I said I've never seen someone do that. Like that's so funny. Only John Ford. That's awesome. <laughs> all right, Scotty, you're, you you right, got two got picks now. I got two picks for all-time drivers from anything. Uh-huh. Oh, all right. Uh, Man, I'm trying. I'm, I don't want to make anybody mad. I gotta, I gotta pick pretty smart here. Uh, I guess, I guess I gotta go with uh, a Sammy Swindell because I'm a sprint car guy. Uh, That's fine. They can all be sprint car guys. That might right, the, right. the fans and the response. I'll put up a graphic. The fans and the response might not like stand to one discipline. Yeah. They might, they might think that's wrong. Okay, and then, and then I'll go over. I'll, I'll, I'll play a safe round. I'll go with Richard Petty, even though he's behind. I'll put him in front of Sammy Swindell. But all right, Damon. Do I get one pick then? Yeah, you get one, and then I get two, and then you get one more, and Scotty has one more. Okay. Um, man, this is tough. I'm going to say AJ Foyt. That's fair. Really bad IndyCar team owner. Not very good team owner, but boy, could he wheel anything. Oh, man. I've had all this time to think about my picks. Yeah, you have. And I'm just thinking about the guys I have cars of in my apartment here. Um, (laughs) I know I'm going to forget someone, too. That's the worst part of it. No, I already am forgetting people. All right. Should I, should I go with Dan Weldon or Scott Dixon? Scott Dixon. Have to. Yeah, but I'm a Dan Weldon guy. If I put a dead guy on, oh, you got a dead guy already. I, I'm putting Dan Weldon on there to match up with Damon's ghost of the past. So we got to match the juju on that. Uh, let's see. I've got an IndyCar sprint car. Okay, then I'm going with uh, Jim Kohler, uh, the driver of the Avenger monster truck. Uh, he's the only guy to celebrate and jump in a pond every time he wins a freestyle championship. Oh, my goodness. That's pretty impressive. So, <laughs> oh my goodness. I'm telling you, I know more about Monster Jam than anyone in the world besides Scott Douglas, who I got to meet. I got his autograph, and then someone stole the program i got autographed by scott douglas because i left it sitting in the stands at iowa speedway crap (laughs) oh this is tough we've all put some pretty good ones up there too i'm gonna have to go with Jimmy Johnson. That's a good one. That's a good one. I couldn't between Jimmy Johnson or Mario Andretti. So I I, I went with Jimmy, another seven time champion. Ooh. I could have done Andretti and hated on F one. I haven't done it the whole podcast. Ah, that's what I forgot. Damn. That's what I was thinking about going with, but uh crap. 
uh, I wish I had two picks. Uh, we can do we can do honorable mentions at the end. Okay, okay. So let's go Andretti with the with the tenth pick or whatever we're on. But uh, so are we going with uh, like like a whole career like over a base of like ten years? Or are we going over like? I mean, I think it's objective. I picked. I just picked my favorite drivers. So. <laughs> So, so, so for me, I want to, I'll start on honorable mentions. Uh, I think shots since he's won 10 nationals. So, I mean, or I think it's 10, right? He's won yeah, 10. It's, 10. Yeah, it's 10 and 10 right now. It's 10, uh, world of outlaws championships, like half as much as Steve Kenzer has. Right. Yeah. Only, yeah. But <laughs> okay. so, so, so that's why he's an honorable mention, I guess. Then, right. So, but I think he should be on there. And then I think that the dark horse, uh, I think what the potential could be Kyle Larson eventually with the years he keeps going because he had one of the most historic race seasons last year with his all the race big races he was able to pull and he was able to win a NASCAR championship. I should have just picked him with my last pick because that would have gotten some people. <laughs> They're already going to look at this list and be like, this is stupid. This guy's an idiot. You would have been right to some people on your list and then you would have been wrong to some so there's that there's gonna be people pissed off that we didn't mention lewis hamilton but he wwe'd his way into five of those championships so <laughs> when you're beating two cars on the track i don't consider it a title it's just a nice podium like come on there that's yeah. fair um let's see honorable mentions obviously um from the drag racing world with just the way his entire career was and, and panned out with uh, big daddy, Don Garlitz. I mean, the guy invented rear engine dragsters. So we'd be blowing people's feet off still to this day, if it wasn't for him. Um, kind of rude of you not to mention Ron caps, friend of the podcast, him hey, love Ron caps, friend of the pod, but uh, unfortunately not uh, on the Mount Rushmore. We will get him on again. The uh, issue guys is that he texted me and when I got a new phone, I lost all my texts and I did not save his number. <laughs> that sounds right. He texted me his name, Ron Caps. So all I had to do if I needed them was search Ron Caps in my messages. Yeah, well, how's that working out for you? I texted him a couple times saying congrats when he won. He was like, thank you so much. Look forward to coming on again. Something along those lines in different words, obviously. Uh, but yeah, now I don't have it, so I need to reach out to his assistant, Amanda. I think that's her name. Yeah, you're right. Um, let's see. What other honorable mention do I have for this? I mean, there's there's so many good names that we're probably forgetting. I will say... I know I've been recency biased, but you know, the guy that looked up to AJ Foy, how about Tony Stewart? Yeah, I like that. I know it's recency bias, but the guys drove every car known to man, basically. Yeah, well, he just made it into the Sprint Car Hall of Fame, too. Yep. So. Yep. Sprint Car Hall of Fame. He's drove an F1 car on a test. He's you know, been a champion at the IndyCar and at the NASCAR level, USAC level. I mean, what has the guy done? I'd be remiss if I didn't mention uh, Tony Knight. Hell, he just drove. Uh, he just drove top fuel cars the other this last year. Tony Stewart did. Oh yeah. Oh, okay, man, we just dropped two massive lines. Damn it. Okay, so I didn't even know that. When the hell did that happen? 
Tony Stewart, he was testing uh, Leah's top fuel car last year in Vegas. We got to start blogging this stuff. Like he got, he got his top fuel license. I told you about that. Oh, I just forgot then. Yeah. Maybe That's I didn't. That's the whole reason he's got an NHRA team now. Okay. I like it. I like it. That was life, but yeah. So I'm going to go with uh, Tony Knight from the COVID year of sprint car racing that outraced Kyle Larson. Um, rumored to just be Scotty Thiel in a different car. <laughs> so that was what pandemic restrictions uh, with something with his job was very restrictive about they couldn't let him race that weekend. So he went and raced anyway and entered under the name Tony Knight. And then... Uh-huh outdrove Kyle Larson in a sprint car in a heat race. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. And I think it was like his normal paint scheme with like duct tape on the lettering of the number. Such a legend. <laughs> that's a legend. I didn't realize you didn't know about that, Scotty. I thought that it, it's not really like common knowledge, but like that night, someone, someone, it, I think it was Matt Weaver. He was just getting into sprint car racing. He's like, who's this Tony Knight guy? And it was off the entry list, which Matt is, Matt's fantastic. He's so damn talented at everything he does. And he looked at the entry list and said, who the hell is that guy? I say that about six guys on any entry list for the outlaws that are like bigger than 45. What was that, Damon, what was that dude last year at Eldora, like Jim Bob Thornton or something? Yeah, yeah. His name was like Billy Bob Thornton. something along those lines and we're just like what the hell's going on uh no and then uh i have so i have like most of the monster jam world finals on dvd because my dad would buy them for me every year and i just watch them over and over again it's probably how i know all the drivers pretty well uh and there was a guy that raced in like 2001 and the rumor was that like he was going through a divorce with his wife and didn't want someone to know that he was racing monster trucks on the weekends. And so they didn't, they, the driver is just a silhouette of a guy in a helmet. And it was like the Stig. And uh, what, what show am I thinking of, Damon? It's just, but it's, it's a mystery person. I'm thinking of uh, with Tanner Faust. No, the the American version is viewed as not as good as the British version. It's like a show about cars. They go drive cars, new cars, old cars, weird cars. Top Gear. Gear. Thank you. Thank you. The American version with Tanner Faust is hilarious. They need to put him anywhere, and the guy is amazing at what he does. All right. um, Some other guys off the top. Von Gittin Jr. Uh, from Formula Drift. That dude rocks. Uh, Ryan Dungey from Supercross. I guess I have to mention Ryan Villapoto then. Damon, you have some from other sports or no? I mean, no one's mentioned Travis Pastrana. Oh, yeah. So I, my, I'm trying to find it. I have two, like bigger die-cast monster trucks that I want to put up on the shelf. I have Brett Moffitt's championship truck series car truck, I guess, up there. Only Iowan to ever win a NASCAR Premier Series title. 
Uh, so I have that up there. I have a big Jeff Gordon one. And somewhere in my house or at his place, I have two big monster trucks from Jim Kohler's Avenger and Travis Pastrana's monster truck from when he drove Monster Jam for two years. Nice. It's cool. Nice. Um, and then uh, from the Dirt Late model side, how about Scott Bloomquist? How about Kyle Larson from the Dirt Late model side? There's more awesome. Kyle Larson fans out there than Scott Bloomquist fans. I don't know. I like Scott. Bloomquist. I hope Chris gets to this part of the podcast. I do too. <laughs> um, I asked him, I was like, so how many, how many always race day podcasts do you listen to uh, when you're not on them? <laughs> he goes, Oh, I listen to, I, I get to them. If I thought your ad reads were stupid, then I'd tell you to change them, but you're doing good. <laughs> That's awesome. Scotty, what other ones do you got? Any other ones? Any other drivers? Uh, uh oh uh jack hewitt you can't get uh, yeah. he's, he's a legend too i actually got to meet him through uh, wade ogner uh this this past year which is pretty cool so cool that's cool yeah he was uh we, we got to meet him because they were doing that methanol moonshine uh he's sponsored by them or he was promoting it or something huh. and uh we got to go over to uh to the uh, uh crap there's that bar in knoxville but we met in candy's flowers where it kind of like there's like a lot like a little hallway you can walk through so we have the dingus no it's uh on the square oh you said the bar in knoxville oh <laughs> I'm, I, I'm like there's one bar in knoxville and it's got a pretty unique name i'm surprised you didn't know that <laughs> all right yeah well i mean that's actually named after uh uh one of my crap it's after, it's named after my papa rod dingus was his brother, I think. Uh, so he used to own it actually. So that's really, yeah. Yeah. So, and, and like the, uh, the, the cover, like the painting they have up there is off an album cover that we actually have. So. All right. So all we've learned tonight is he doesn't like typing.com. He stole all the wins in an outlaw cart race at a monster jam show. And his family basically has all to do with the dingus and why it's started. Yeah. <laughs> what a great podcast this has turned out to be. What do you think of the current owner? Cause I met him drunk Friday night of the nationals last year. It was, he, uh, he was fantastic. I met Danny Dietrich too. My buddy walked up and said that, Hey, like this guy thinks your tweets suck and he hates you. Uh, and Danny did not, rem he could not have remembered that conversation. Yeah. I've, I've never met him, but unless you're talking to Damon, but, uh, nope. I've never been in there. No, no. The, so the owner, I met him at the track at Knoxville uh, turn outside the turns that night, but super nice guy. Very cool. Like if Rob Deerdeck had long hair and tattoos, like it'd be that guy. Do you know Rob Deerdeck? Did you grow up watching fantasy factory or is that, am I old? Uh, I, I don't think I was old enough for that. Probably. Damn it. We're, Damon, we're old. Ridiculousness. Uh, I mean, if you want to know another fact about uh, deep ties, my uh, my Papa Rod used to also cone uh, John McCoy's sprint car back in the day. This guy is just all sorts of facts tonight. I, I know. I don't have any ties. I just have people I know. Yeah, it's actually on our wall over here. It's uh, it was it was in front of the Fairline Bulls where the picture is taken. But they, it's the, it was uh, yeah, it's it's pretty cool. Uh, a little history there. <laughs> Which uh, did you have a sprint car video game growing up? Uh, just the, uh, I think it was the 04 outlaw game. I played on the PS2. 
Was it called Sprint Cars Road to Knoxville? Uh, it might be. Ever get to be honest? I remember. I just remember seeing the covers before I could read. So. Was it? Was it a black car on the cover? Or was it the was Bass it Pro Danny, and the Donny shots? Danny, was it the Danny Lasowski car in the front? It might have been because because I bought the 2010 one uh, later, but I, I it was the like one right before it. How's the How's that one? Because I just ordered that from a guy in Australia off eBay, and it's coming this yeah. week, I think. Yeah, I was I was able to actually snipe one for like fifty bucks. That's why I sniped it for forty five. I was thrilled. Yeah, because they're so rare to get. I got it when uh, when I first got my three sixty back when I was like twelve. So I was able to get that. And yeah, it's it's a lot of fun. I mean, uh, it's a lot more real. Like, have you played Tony Stewart's like newest game, like the Sprint? Or no, no. So I I just ripped the PS two and PS three games because I think. I think that's where my racing video game skill came in handy. So Damon plays, he's played NASCAR heat and everything. And I went down to Missouri and so we made sure to play some after we did the podcast. I beat him four races out of five. And the fifth one, I wasn't trying. I wanted to win one. Listen, all right, listen, you didn't get taken out by the computers. How do you get taken out by the computer? You got to avoid that. You got to know when they're coming. I knew when they were coming. I've never played the game aside from two other times in my life. Listen, okay. No, you don't understand. So what my plan is for Knoxville this year, I want to do it last year. Uh, didn't, didn't get there, didn't get everything set, set up. But we want to do like at least 16 guys and have a tournament on that sprint car video game on the PS2. Just throughout the week or throughout saturday morning something like that we want to have a bracketed tournament of like two guys racing against each other on like a shitty old video game yeah yeah, that'd be awesome and i remember that from growing up and i would always be crashing there because i didn't want to control it but it's pretty cool but what i like about the uh the 2010 one is the uh the size accuracy of knoxville is so realistic compared to like 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 tony stewart's new game you can buy it like as an add-on for like five bucks but the track is so small compared to what it really is really like yeah. That. yeah like the corners are like like only two car lengths in length instead of like five like it is in knoxville mm-hmm. but how's it drive can you can you run the low line and run the high line yeah but you got to use a it, it's pretty cool because it's like so in career mode you can like upgrade like your engine or whatever and uh but, but, you, but then as you upgrade you got to start rolling the throttle and using the brake and stuff so it, it, it's actually pretty cool you got to like drag the brake a little sometimes to the corners oh i'm way more excited i watched a youtube video and it looked like a phone game i've downloaded and play i've kicked ass at that for a couple months then i had to delete it <laughs> right. i get dude the phone games i play like I get way too into some of them and it's like, I'm just doing side quests to like earn points and stuff. And I'm like, what am I doing here? I've just wasted like six hours of like doing this on the side while I'm writing. And then the story ends up great. Cause I'm just focused the whole time. It's I, I have ADHD. It's terrible or ADD, whatever the, of the two, but yeah, yeah we'll I, have to. I will, you, I will tell you the Williams Grove in that 2010 one, is so hard to drive because yeah. the corner it's like a paper clip and, and you're carrying oh, I've just i've literally just mastered williams grove now it's i i've played that sprint car game for the better half of 10 years three-time champion by the way damon 
just last week. Just got, just got it. It was fantastic. I was really pissed off. I changed my paint scheme to one of the shitty ones in there and not the Bass Pro ones because there's a glitch that now none of the graphics on the wing panels show up. So it looks like I'm running an unsponsored, unnumbered car. I look like a sieve out there, dude. Maybe you are. It's called saving money. Yeah, the champion is saving money. I got $3 million in the bank. I can't, I can't possibly spend it. It only allows you to buy 99 Hoosier right rear tires at once. And it's not near as expensive as what it is in real life. So yeah. Yeah, yeah they are really expensive now, but. I was going to say, I could definitely run up my tab if I was actually paying the real price, but it won't let you, it won't let you change it to make it harder or anything. I wish it would. Yeah, I wish, I hope with the new game, maybe, maybe one of the developers might get a hold of this. I'll send it to, one of my guys, maybe we'll get them, oh, get them in there. Question I want to ask. I just want to make it harder. With the new game coming out, though, Scotty, someone that's not on the regular tour, who do you want to see in the game, either on the late model side or on the sprint side? I think it'd be cool to have some of those. Like, I know Brian Brown was in the 2010 one. That's a local Knoxville guy. Or yeah. he, he might have done some traveling. Then that was using a super clean car. Yep. But it'd be cool, to like, uh, uh, like, like that. Uh, who, who was that 16 year old who was racing? Oh. Uh, the lay model? No, on the in the in the sprint car, he was like racing with the outlaws. It was either it was like the east coast or west coast. Like Ryan Timms. Yeah, I think that's who it was. Yeah, Ryan Timms or Corey Day. It was Corey Day. That's who it was. You're thinking so. You're thinking Corey Day. We've had Ryan Timms on. He's 15 years old, and oh, he man. wants he wants to make his World of Outlaws debut in August, right? Damon is what he told us. I think it's this July, isn't it? I thought he told us August. It's whenever they go back out west. Yeah, so, yeah, Ryan, Tim, that kid's good, too. He won a heat race at Houston Sana. Sunday. He's, he's going to be something. It's going to be fun. I hate the age restriction limit, especially in a time where, you know, you still go to races where you don't have enough cars to fill out a 24-car field. But right. I get, I get the negatives. What do you think of it? That's a good question for you. I mean, I think it makes sense for the most part because uh, otherwise you're going to get like classes with uh, people who, who have money and are racing like uh, intermediate box stock cars in this Creek and thinking, man, I can buy a sprint car. Let's put this guy in a 360 right away. Mm -hmm. And then that's, that's not good for anybody. Cause like, it's because if they're even a lap car and they can't hold their line, that's not good for the leaders. I mean, in my opinion, but yeah, I just, I grew up reading, like, if I was doing a, a book project in school, I would do it on, like, a sports book if it, if the project allowed me to, that I could read, like, 10 pages of it. And <laughs> I read 10 pages of a 1,400-page uh, book about the Chicago Cubs, wrote the entire thing about the 1806 Cubs, and got 110% on a college paper. Uh, so that's probably my best accomplishment in life. I don't know. I hate, I hate like the worth of degrees and stuff, but you'll, you'll learn to do that when you're like 24, like me. Um, but I, I was reading all about when I was a kid of like Jeff Gordon, like pissing off, um, older drivers because he was winning in big cars at such a young age in like his hometown on video games, like we're getting really deep into video game history, but it would change from Indianapolis to Daytona to uh, where's he actually from? Vallejo, California, maybe Vallejo. 
He, he had like three hometowns listed because he would move and race at a different place because they got tired of the young kid beating him. Well, that and the reason they moved from California to Indianapolis in the first place was because he's already he won everything out west and there was no more challenges out there. And so for him to be seen on a more national stage, they moved to where racing is king. So that's why they moved to Indianapolis. That's another good uh, greatest drivers of all time, uh, Mike Lynette. Oh, here we go. Fire Piston, the Arca series, when he was growing up, Xfinity Phenom. Let's talk about that. Sammy Smith right now. Uh, Jesse Jesse Love Jr. as well. Damon's piss off. As I'm just throwing out guys I cheer for that are talented. Well, well have you? Uh, I mean, I mean, do you know Kobe Copeland? Yeah, yeah. I, I raced against him in 500s. Nice. <laughs> Shoot. Yeah. Okay. That's yeah. awesome. Also, uh, uh, do you know uh, Kwaffle or, or Kwaffle? Uh, Travis Kwaffle. Hell yeah. He's one of my favorite truck drivers ever. Well, his kids, I actually raced against them a lot too in English Creek. I'm trying to get him him or his kids on the podcast. I had tweeted him a couple months back. Uh, just Carson or one of them, I think it was Carson. It had to have been Carson. I think Carson won something at Millbridge. And I was like, so cool to see Travis Kwaffle's kids running well i used to just run laps with quapples number six uh cannon car probably yep. i want to say um he was for some reason i don't i think i saw him just run a good race sometime and i was just like a fan ever since and it's just like you see a guy that's just like this kid's this guy's loaded with talent and Quapple was a he was a big time winner in the trucks series he was really good in the trucks back in the day like 2006 time frame he was really good back then but uh isn't carson driving one of dale jr's super late models right now i think so yeah yeah and he also ran some arca too i think for yeah yep. so yeah i mean i mean he was out here english creek in 2018 and i got to race against him in nationals a couple of times so it's pretty cool i mean he's a he's a great driver it was pretty cool to race against him That's we didn't we didn't cover this but since you're kind of like a, a fill-in host now we might, I might, I might have to call on you to host a podcast if Damon and Josh both can't. Uh, but so today, so Saturday in Arca, uh, Drew Dollar took out one of the Venturini cars, wrecked them. Uh, and Billy Venturini goes on the broadcast and says, like, that's what happens when you run out of talent. That kid will tear up the cars when he's racing for you, and when he's racing against you, he'll still tear up your cars. And just he went in on this kid. And so Drew Dollar today tweeted a picture of his racing reference, Arca Stats, and it took him 14 years to win one race. He had like 10 top fives, and he's like, talk about running out of talent. Took him 15 years to figure out he wasn't a race car driver. And Billy Venturini, and he's, he's like the Hendrick Motorsports of the Arca series, just responds and says, it took you two days. He responded in four minutes. And he said, it took you two days to come up with this. How, how long did it take you to come up with this response? You got to be kidding me. Who, who did you hire to, who did you hire to, to come up with this, this comeback or something like that? What would you, what would be your response if you were, if that happened to you and a car owner? Uh, I, I don't know. To be honest, I would have to try to figure it out, but it would just be, uh, 
I, I don't know, man. That's that's a pretty good response. I don't know if I could talk. I that. think if you quote tweeted him and said like some days I find myself on bad medication, but this guy's out of this world. Oh, that's a good one. That, that's a I, good one. Yeah, <laughs> I think it fits you. All right. Yeah. 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 That, I mean, yeah. Because with all my yeah, I like that one. I like that. One. <laughs> awesome. Oh my goodness. The funny thing about so I try to like work on like stuff I say to try to be funny because I don't want to come off as the guy that's trying to be funny. But like the difference between hockey players chirping at people and how creative they are and like normal comebacks is like you can put a ton of words into one, but on the hockey rink you're like you got like three words. Oh. Yeah, I mean you have to be like quick with it. Has anyone I, I gotta ask, has anyone ever chirped you before, after, during a sprint car race. You can go back to English Creek too. I, I don't think anyone's really talked to me before. I know, I know uh, there's been people who've gone after my, uh, my dad sometimes, but I don't think anyone's ever chirped at me too much, but. <laughs> Damon, you got, you got anything else for Scotty? I don't, I don't. Straightforward, straightforward kid. Never going to get in a fight. So we can't ask him the fight question. No, no. We already did. Did I? Okay. I want, I always got to make sure I do that because sometimes we'll get a good response. No, we already asked him. We're going to get a big name driver on here. <laughs> Sometime he's going to say like, I'd love to fight this guy. He has such a punchable face, like no hesitation. <laughs> Yeah, I can't exactly say that. I got a, I got some sponsors I can look out for. <laughs> See, there you go. He's already knowing what to do. That's why Kyle Bush should be on the honorable mention of drivers because he'd say whoever. <laughs> yep. Well, last week it was Chase Elliott, but this week I had a real big deal with Chase Presco. Yeah. Yeah. He just goes through the alphabet. I just like that. He, I mean, like he knows, he knows what he's doing, but he's the most talented driver that's going to be a free agent you know mm-hmm. yep i i don't if you're a sponsor and you're pissed at what a driver's saying on the track i think you got to reevaluate what you're doing because most I, I think the people i think the people that sponsor him are kind of maybe sponsor him because of it because he gets a lot of publicity from that you know he, yeah, he right. plays that role very well so in a way it works for him Right. And with Mars coming out of it, it's like this guy should be easy to sell. He gets on TV more than any driver in the series, honestly. You got to figure out, you got to, I mean, you have a marketing team. What are they doing? You know, I was, I worked in sales for a year. It was terrible. It was hard. I'm not good at sales. I, I would love to be better at sales. I can't say I haven't worked at it. Um, I sell this podcast and the brand of people, you know, uh, but it's like, shoot. Yeah. This guy talented as hell and he's still not signed for next season. And I think though, part of it has to do with Joe Gibbs. Like I think some sponsors are holding back because they don't know what team he's going to. And I think Joe Gibbs isn't signing him because they don't have any sponsors lined up yet. I would assume it's hard to sign sponsors when they don't know who they're going to be sponsoring as the driver. Exactly. Yeah. So have you heard the rumors? How much do you watch NASCAR Scotty? Uh, I watch 
Yeah, I mean, this is going to sound like a, the average dirt fan, but I watch, oh, the, I watch the Bristol race, really, and then I, I watch periodically while I'm in the shop sometimes. When I'm That's good. The Crown Jewels, the Daytona 500 and Bristol dirt, the two biggest races on the NASCAR schedule. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Damon's laughing. I, so I love Bristol dirt. What's I guess what's your opinion on it? I know we're, we're keeping you on for a long time. You, at, uh, you're, uh, you're going to be an alternative host at this point. We've, we've reached that point. Um, right. What, what do you think of covering Bristol and dirt? I, you know, I still want to see them come to Knoxville for a cup race or go to Eldora for a cup race. Screw Williams Grove. I hate those Pennsylvania race fans. I'm not kidding. But uh, what, what do you think of uh, just what Bristol dirt is? Because I, I like that it's there and it brings an outlaws race, both late models and sprint cars for the weekend. Like, I thought that was cool. Um, and that's why I love it whether the NASCAR race kicks ass or not. Yeah. Yeah. What I love about it is, uh, it's their, it's their one time they get to do heat races and that's the big thing in dirt racing that keeps it exciting is you have these short heat races that don't get drawn out. You have your quick passing. People are fighting really hard because they only have 10 laps. They don't have 400. So they're fighting really hard to make sure that they, uh, you know, can get a good spot for the AMA. And then the AMA isn't like as long normally. I think it's only a hundred laps. So I kind of love that. I wish that they would do a little bit more of that because I think uh, they, they would keep, I mean, I'm a dirt racer saying this, but I think they'd keep a lot more attention on the races instead of doing stages as if they did like heat races, like dirt cars do as they're qual- like they qualify, like how sprint cars do on Saturday. And then on Sunday they can, uh, they can do their heat races and then it lines up their feature. And then they run only like a hundred lap feature, you know, yeah, know would, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll get to hanging out sometime and I'll show you the, uh, recording we did of when I was giving my like favorable format for it. But th- so the race is like 250 at Bristol and this year, the track was much better and more maintained and it allowed chase briscoe to make the charge back at tyler reddick in the last 15 laps where last year would have been way too rubber down to do that um and he took him out for the lead it was a terrible like just a horseshit move honestly uh and i think he'd tell you that too uh and kyle bush goes on the win but just run the heat races at the start of the night you could do driver intros while they're working on the track. Then you got the music back and it's, it's the Bristol experience that you expect to see when you go there. And I I think you could make it a huge thing. Like as long as you don't call the B main, the last chance showdown, like then you're going to have a legit event. Right. And, uh, and the other thing I think that they should do is, uh, like, cause I know the first year they were complaining about the mud hitting the windshield. I mean, I, I know that they have I mean, they haven't been there for a reason. But in my opinion, why, why not take them out like a modified news tear off, so they don't have to worry about that on dirt because you're racing on dirt. It's not pavement, you know. So it's know something with it's something with the aerodynamics of the race car, and I know the next gen car was more favorable to it. But the reason they didn't was because it would have created in the old cars a real air pocket in the middle, which would have I don't know how that impacts. I think it would have impacted the driver and also the car. Um, so at that point you're getting like really sketchy with what you're doing now this year, they were more open to it, but they don't test. They didn't test it very early. It was like March 16th. They tested at Withy raceway, I think. And I don't even know if I'm saying the town, right. Cause I don't know of a national tour that races there. And I think Friesen tested it. And I think Larson might have gone and tested one at some point. 
No? No. Larson didn't at all? Larson Larson was the one giving feedback on the rocks, like having a rock screen versus windshield, stuff like that. And... Yeah, you're gonna have to. I think. I think if you take out the entirety of the glass in the car, you can make it work. But at this point, it's got to be you're waiting until next year to do it. Because at whatever point they agree, they were like, okay, maybe we should listen to Kyle Larson. Which the fact that you have to think about it, (laughs) kind of weird. But I would think maybe next year they have full on no windshield, no glass plexiglass, whatever, whatever it is. The thing that he wanted to see was some sort of, of bars like they have in late models. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Instead of, cause all they had in the car that Stuart ran was just like chicken wire essentially. Oh, <laughs> he's like, yeah. He's like, I don't really feel too safe with high do or a little bit durable uh chicken wire he said if they put like bars like they do in late models he says that's the best way of doing it well the same way we do our cars too there's a rock screen like that with bars right. Right? Yep. so yeah it makes sense to me and then and then like you said it'd be cool if they went to more like dirt tracks because then instead of having like that one dirt track a year where those drivers shine it'd be kind of mix up your championship series if like the dirt drivers had a shot to win at more races instead of just Bristol. And then they could compare like, and they'd have different setups instead of just having one set up for Bristol, you could compare You could set up for Knoxville and Eldora mm-hmm. and all your other big ones. Yeah. And that was, that was the thing is, and I think you'll find this interesting. So last year, uh, so I do a betting video every Sunday, um, for the cup series. If I don't feel good about one of the Xfinity or truck races, I, I won't do one. And someone will message me and say like, who's your picks. And I'll just end up picking someone and saying like, I'm not backing this, but this is who I'd pick if I was going to pick it for fun. Um, and I didn't, I never wanted to do that. It came on during COVID when we first started the website and people are asking me who to pick. And I went on a hot streak. I think we've picked three plus two thousands in three years. And I think the first one came in 2020. So no, it's four, right, Damon? Cause we got one this year with Cole Custer. Yeah. Cole Custer was the only Xfinity driver to have ever won at California. And so I was like, he's running at plus 2000 in a SS green light team owned car. Um, and I was like, he's got to win this race. This is easy. Uh, ends up when he won it after like six cautions, but anyway, so like people convinced me over Twitter to do that. So now I do it every Sunday and for Bristol dirt, I was picking Kyle Larson, Shane Golubic, um the other names are escape i could pick christopher bell of course uh i had like seven guys down i was like i'm betting daytona or talladega and i've only won i've only gotten daytona or talladega right one time and it was bubba uh winning that one um but the dirt drivers did not make a difference last year on that track it was it was not set up for that and kyle larson and christopher bell took each other well christopher took out kyle uh, and that sparked a little rivalry that was really behind the scenes, um, probably for good reason, uh, to the dirt community. Um, we, we do have more dirt fans that follow us on here. We don't have a ton of them that listen to the podcast. I'm really going on a tangent with this but this year after, after seeing last year, how little the dirt drivers impacted. No, like there wasn't like a real dirt racer 
in the cup race. Did Mike Marler run the cup race, Damon? Yes. So he was the he was the one. And he was in a real ass car, and I think he finished top 15, top 20. Mm-hmm. Okay. So real loose. But what it did, it's like we had all these dirt guys that are getting an NASCAR star, which is fantastic for dirt racing and fantastic for those guys just to make a name. Like I, I grew up and I'm watching the, uh, what they call it, the Mud Summer Classic for a bit. And then it was the Eldora Dirt Derby. Um, and Mike Marler would run the hell out of the race car. Bobby Pierce would run the hell out of it. And I like those were the two names i remembered when i went and covered my first lay model race bobby loved talking about it you know like i'd love to see him get back in one of those so yeah i think i think they could absolutely profit on running dirt even three times a year and going to eldora and knoxville once a season yeah yeah i completely agree and i think uh Maybe I don't know how much this would help, but maybe it would bring more fans in if they were to like time some of the outlaw races with NASCAR races because they're pretty close sometimes. Yeah, so they they used to do it at Vegas every year um, at the start of the year. At least in 2021, they did it. They chose not to this year. I thought that was a mistake. I want to see that. I don't. And there's logistical issues, right? So I, I'm sitting here talking about like, should I want to see like the North Wilkesboro? going to dirt in an open weekend for the outlaws yeah i want to see that how hard that is to pull off i have no idea so right i can't be pissed at them if they don't do it i'm trying to toe that line of like hey this would be really cool to see but also how realistic is it but yeah like the texas motor speedway dirt track i wish they had the outlaws race there this week Right, exactly. Or, or like if, uh, like when Iowa Speedway was more prominent, they could have had a NASCAR race there on weekends, like of, like uh, the the outlaws in town during June or something. You know, they could. Have- yeah, don't remind me of that. If only the NASCAR Cup Series or any NASCAR event could come to Iowa Speedway and run it. Uh, you got to wonder what the track owners are doing and why NASCAR won't come. Oh, wait, NASCAR owns it. Oh, right. Weird. Shit. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's. It's unfortunate. I mean, it had a lot of potential and it just seems like it's almost dormant now. This, this IndyCar, it's supposed to be a festival style weekend. Roger Penske buying the IndyCar series is the greatest thing that ever happened to that place. It's so it's pound for pound. One of the, one of the most entertaining races of the year when they go to Iowa Speedway in the first place. Um, he wants more ovals, which is where IndyCar thrives in my opinion. Um, so they're trying to turn more and more of these races. They only have 17 to fill, right? So they had long beach. That was a festival race. They have music entertainment at the track. Don't know who it was, but they had it. St. Petersburg as the season opener. It's a tradition. They're turning that into a big festival weekend as well. Now they're bringing Florida Georgia line in. Uh, I think Blake Shelton's coming as well for this doubleheader Iowa weekend. And you get two IndyCar races and some of the biggest, the if Chris, if you're still listening at this point, the best country music band in the world in Florida Georgia Line is playing at Iowa Speedway. It's pretty cool. Well, who's your favorite country music artist? Oh man, uh, you can pick Florida Georgia Line. You can you can ponder like the fans. Oh, there you go. I like them. Damon, you're a Luke Combs guy, right? Yeah, I love Luke Combs. If we're talking right now, yeah, I love Luke Combs. 
But, but what I really listened to is uh, I, I listened to Firehouse a lot before I'm going to the racetrack. That that was my my stuff growing up. Um, yeah. It was the only CD we had in our bus that we had out there in Wintingles Creek, and it was just the same songs playing over and over again. So that's what kind of gets me pumped up for racing. But, yeah, I was gonna, is that your pre-race playlist? Yep, it's it's Firehouse. It's like uh, I, I like Shake and Tumble, uh, Don't Treat Me Bad. Uh, all she wrote those type, yeah, those songs get me. It's, it's not necessarily like head banging, but it's it's pretty good for me. See, ours in the in our race car trailer when we had we had a CD of the Scorpions, and so that was that was all that we ever listened to. It seemed like was just Scorpions the whole time. <laughs> yeah, but basically same thing. Yeah, we just we never had a CD or anything, just firehouse. So yep. So when I go when I go to a hockey tournament and go play weekend with my guys, uh, sometimes someone else brings the speaker and sometimes someone else wants to run the music. So if they do, I let them, but I'll mix it up. It, it depends on if, uh, the vent to our locker room can lead to the other teams. Cause if it okay. does, I'll tape the speaker up next to the vent and I'll play some Katy Perry, some Justin Bieber, uh, really old songs that would not get you pumped up for a hockey game. But if you know them, then they'll get you, uh, they'll get you grooving a little bit, I guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Teenage Dream is a great one. And you just know the other team's sitting there like, what the fuck are these guys doing? <laughs> like, you, they got to be such jokesters. And uh, you go out and you just play better. It, it always works. And then if I have my headphones in, it's just the soundtrack to the first Cars movie. No, uh, it's, just, it's just that on repeat. So Life yeah, is the Highway is, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm kidding. Oh my goodness! That's that, dude, that movie had a good soundtrack. Yeah, yeah, it's a great one. It's what a show, Scotty! Have you ever seen Phantom Racer, the sci-fi movie with the race car that comes alive? What? All right, watch it in your free time sometime, and let me know what you think. All right, all right, I will. You have an hour and a half. The CGI sucks. It's comedically funny. It's Sharknado, but for race cars, it's it's okay. amazing. <laughs> yeah, I haven't heard of it, but I'll definitely watch it. I'm glad we touched on everything we could, Damon. That was perfect. Everything and then some. Damon said I'm free till nine, and it's nine fifty-two. Yeah. Mission accomplished to ruin Damon's night. I said nine thirty. <laughs> I even gave you an extra thirty minutes. <laughs> Appreciate uh, y'all listening. Appreciate uh, Damon for giving us 22 extra minutes of his night I, work. I didn't really have a whole lot. He's the hardest worker out there. He's always on recruiting vacations. I mean, I mean trips, sorry. Vacations, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I wish they were vacations. Scotty, uh, thanks for joining us. We'll, we'll get you on yeah, as an alternative you. host. That'd be perfect. I think the other the other friends of the podcast are going to be jealous. You might have to actually fight Eric Bridger at some point for the spot. Well, I mean, I mean, uh, maybe a thumb wrestle. Maybe I'll thumb wrestle him sometime. <laughs> I like it. We'll have to we'll have to set it up. Yeah, 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 for sure. <laughs> yeah, thanks for joining us, Scotty. Appreciate uh, everyone for listening. Enjoy the week, and we'll be back with a weekend preview this week. Uh, we're going to have the Circle Jerks next week um, for the, what, NASCAR midseason, Damon, episode. Uh, and then we're going to have one of the Shark Racing guys on at some point, too. So look out for that in the future. Tell your friends about the podcast. And thanks again for listening, folks. We got races every day. From Tuesday today when you're listening, 
uh, to June 6th, I want to say. It's like 28 days of racing in a row. So I definitely did not add that math up correctly, but I uh, appreciate y'all.